What's up, family? And happy Monday, Knock Nation. You guys, I'm really feeling that. So you know what time it is. It's your girl, the Radical Redhead, trying to make your Monday far from ordinary, right here on No Ordinary Church Girl. Candy conversations on love, pain, and everything in between. So let's get into it, family. I'm excited to talk to you. And yeah, that's all I got to say. I'm just excited to talk to you. <laughs> I'm always excited to talk to you all. And I'm starting to get some DMs. I'm not going to talk about them today, but I have been getting, for those of you who are more seasoned in life and don't know what that is, called direct message. And I'm getting more direct messages from you all, so I'm really excited. But for now, let's go right into... Last week's news you most certainly won't use. <laughs> I love that, because it's something you probably won't use, but it's just, again, this is my therapy. I'm excited and it's fun, okay? Anyhow. I hope you guys don't miss the Italian stallion. He will be back. He, he just needs to rest his voice right now. For those of you who don't know, he uh, has a band and uh, you should check him out. I'm going to let him give the plugs when he uh, comes back on, but he needed to rest his voice. That's all I'm going to say. He has a phenomenal look. I can't wait for you guys to see it. I may even post it on No Ordinary Church Girls Instagram. <laughs> He's laughing at me right now. <laughs> so what news do I have that you certainly will not use? Well, so for those of you who don't know, I don't think I've even mentioned it. So some of my fam and fam meaning uh, my bloodline, you guys are my family, but we'll, we'll, the fam, if you will, know that my mom lives with me. And I emphasize this, not that she is not well equipped to live on her own because she is, but we just made a decision to transfer from or relocate rather from Michigan, Kalamazoo, where I'm from in here in Texas. And so in that transition for now, she's living with me and it's so cute. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. And I say that because for those of you who've ever had to maybe uh, regroup is what I call it for those of you who are really progressive and some things happen in life that you had to regroup, camp out at the parents' house for a bit and then get back out there. Right. And no shade, no shame. It happens to many people. And as long as you regroup and get back out there, that's the biggest thing. And so with us, it is a matter of getting mom down here, letting her get acclimated to Texas because it is way different than Michigan, you know, but it's been, I have to say, it's been fun. In the beginning, we were figuring each other out because I am her older, grown daughter who's been doing her thing for quite some time. And then here comes mom, you know, back in the house and, you know, doing her thing. But my mom is so awesome in the sense of she's very respectful of my daughter's grown. I'm not here to tell her what to do or how to live, right? I've already raised her. Now it's just a matter of me being a, a voice of counsel if she needs it. And really, she's spending a lot of time with my sons because she wanted to have the opportunity to better develop her relationship uh, with them. And so it's been a lot of fun. Here recently, though, uh, my youngest, Sean, he gets so cracked up by his grandmother because he says she reminds him of Madea. Now, for those of you who have not seen a Tyler Perry movie, I highly encourage you to be entertained by one of the Medea's movie. Okay, there's plenty of them out there. My son, Sean, calls her Medea. And <laughs> I can't repeat for the sake of what it was, but there was like a clip that he ran across and this mother was going off. She was cussing like no other. And my mother in certain stages of life has a pretty um, sailor mouth. Okay. She, she has her moments. <laughs> and when she does it around the boys, they think it's so 
funny. Like they crack up. And he showed her a clip of the little YouTube thing that he's seen. And she said, I'm not like that. And he said, Granny, you are so that woman. And they just laughed. But it was so cute to see them interact the way they did. And, and it was just entertaining for me. So that was like one fun thing that is just coming out of having mom back, you know, in my company, if you will, or at least in the same state, same city. You know, I've been away from Michigan for almost 20 years now. And so it's always cool when you get home, if you will, back in where you have made home. So that was that was fun. It was comical, but it was fun at the same time. And for those of you who don't know or don't remember, you guys know I'm out here dating, right? I don't have a funny story, but I can tell you, oh my gosh, if you guys could have seen the Italian stallion's face when I said something about dating, like that was hilarious. I'm going to get him on video. I promise you I am. But uh, sidebar, I had to say it. <laughs> but okay, so online dating, for those of you who have entertained it, and are doing it kudos to you let me just say your girl not doing it I'm old school I'm gonna get out here meet people mingle what have you but I ain't doing the online dating I'm gonna tell you why everything that came across my swipe right or swipe left like I had to learn all that I felt really out like I felt really like old like I was like why do I not know what to do <laughs> everybody's doing it and I don't know what to do <laughs> But here's the thing that really got me. Okay, um, all the men that were coming along looked like they were the man that was in the van um, trying to pick up kids and kidnap them. You know, I'm sorry, like not to, to stereotype anyone if that's what you look like and you're really a good person. But <laughs> that's what I was seeing. I'm like, I'm scared. Why are you showing up on my phone? And it made me really uncomfortable to the point where I was like, uh-uh, I'm canceling out all of this. I'm, I'm concerned somebody might find out how to find me because let's be real, technology is getting so advanced to the point where hackers or whatever, they can locate you. I was really freaked out by Facebook's messenger where you could tell people where you were. Hey, who's in my area? Why would I do that? I don't know. Like we're just, it just made me uncomfortable. Okay. So I have decided I will not be doing online dating, but I would love to hear from those of you in the family who've had success or who have ideas or techniques and tips on online dating. I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> I would love to share with others that um, do entertain it and want to better find out a better way or a better app, you know, all this kind of stuff. So that was my uh, last week, if you will, uh, that I had to share with y'all because it was just funny. But I definitely um, can say in my life, at this stage of my life, I know that I'm not ready to be in a commitment. I'm open to dating. I'm open to um, hanging out, if you will. Uh, but as far as a commitment right now, because of my life, I can be honest with where my life is, the busyness of my life and what's going on with my sons. I, I, I tell people all the time, it's going to be an act of God. Jesus is going to just make that man fit into the fold of the family. And it's going to be like they've never been anywhere else but with us. I know it maybe sound crazy to some of you, but that's what it is. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay. So there you go. That's my news. You certainly cannot use. How about that? You like that? Thank God that's over. And I really, that little girl's going to get choked. You guys know that I'm still working on that side of me and my anger issues. But that little girl, if she says that one more time with her TMI, you might hear it ah! in the background one day. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to work that out, but it's, it, it might happen. <laughs> So I hope you were entertained, but let's get right into it, guys. I want to talk about a form of rejection that I feel many of us deal with. I feel many of us have dealt with or may be dealing with. Right. And 
I think that it's it's a point in your life where you have to take a stand. And this goes back to our last conversation about knowing who you are and what you're great at and being able to stand in that when adversity comes and especially when it's closest to home. Right. And so I've got a scripture. You guys know we live out the principles of God's word. So I got to read the scripture first and then I'm gonna give you meat what I got from that scripture. Genesis five, chapter five, verses five through 11 states this. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. My topic for you today is when family rejects who you've chosen to become. In this situation, Joseph is a brother. He has brothers, right? And he is one that had a dream, a dream that God had revealed to him. And he's excited to share, just, just to share. And when in sharing that dream and sharing what he believes is coming forth in his life, it creates a sense of animosity, jealousy, envy, whatever you want to call it with his brothers. And they didn't like it. They didn't receive it. It could have been they didn't receive it because maybe they were thinking, well, then, hey, you're our brother. And if you have all this success, what does that say about us if we don't have the same level of success? Or are you saying that you're better than us? Whatever the case may be, there was that sense of uh, of anger about his dream. And when that happened, when I read this and I thought about when you are in the company of your family and you begin to accept some things about you, you begin to recognize some things about you and you're like, man, I'm really good at this. Or again, going back to our conversation, I'm really great at this. I want to tap into this more. I want to figure out how to monetize. I want to figure out how to make this my purpose and what I do to make a living and provide for myself, my family, what have you. Right. But everybody's not going to be excited. And a lot of times it can come from your family. Unfortunately, um, oftentimes we hope that the family is the first ones to jump on board. And we all hear this and I'm sure you've seen it anywhere on social media or you heard it where people will say, you know, the ones you expect to help you the most are the ones that will hurt you the most, which is your family. Right. Your family be the last ones to support you. But then when you, they see success, it's like, oh, hey, you know, I knew you were going to make it. Uh, when can I get, you know, get on or when can I get that discount or, you know, whatever the case may be. But in the beginning, when you need the support the most and you figure the support should come from that space, it doesn't. And that's what is happening here in the story of Joseph and his brothers. And so what do you do when they can't handle your dream or vision for your life? That's my first question. What do you do? I know what I do, and that's what I'm going to share with you today. But what do you do when they do not know how to handle it? Because ultimately, that's what's happening at that point in time. They don't know how to receive it. They don't get it. That When you get a vision, uh, and let's be clear, when you get a vision, you see the vision before anyone else can see it. You know how it looks. You even see how it's the full fruition of it, the manifestation of it all. You see it, and then you begin to build on it, right? But when you're building it and no one else can see it or you can't make it plain enough for them to get it, and ultimately sometimes they're not meant to get it because they're not meant to be a part of it, it can get tough. It can get lonely. It can get hard, right? And so what do you do? Well, you remember where it came from, okay? God gave it to you. That's number one. That dream, that vision, that thought was given to you by God because he created you for such a time, such a season. He fashioned you a certain way and he said, you are the one that is supposed to be a witness and make this happen. You are the one to prove I am who I say I am and you're going to show it by the things I do through you. So I gave it to you first, right? 
And then it's going to be, you have to know where the provision is going to come from. He will provide as you go. So you got to trust him fully. He gives you the thought, the idea, the dream, the vision, right? You go on a mission to accomplish it. You must trust in him fully because he's the one who gave it to you, right? If he gave it to you, he's going to have provision for you as you go. I'm emphasizing as you go, because despite the family, despite the wife, despite the husband, despite whomever, that you have in your life, the girlfriend, the business partner that started and left, despite all of that, it originally came to you, right? You are the leader of it. You are the one who is supposed to take charge with it as you continue to go, not stop, not wonder why, not try to convince them to be on board or support you, keep going. And he's going to continue to put people or position you in places to continue to elevate what he put in you to come to pass. So in saying that, you have to be who you've be create, been created to be. You don't change. So the criticism is going to come. You don't need to conform to the criticism. This is where we go back to that same conversation. And this is why I'm building off of that conversation. So if you didn't listen to it, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to what are you great at? Because you have to remember what you're great at. You have to remember what the original intent was and why you started it. Because if you don't, then the critics will come when they come because they will come. It's not a matter of if, it's when. When they come, if you conform to what they want, you're always going to live by the people. You will die by the people, but you want to live by your purpose and you'll be, your purpose will have worth. You'll have a great sense of self when you live for purpose. So this is where the critics have, have to be put in place, right? Correction is cool. Criticism is not. Correction says, hey, I noticed that every time you do this, this happens. Let me help you. Correction always provides a solution. Critics just say what's wrong. That's how you know you're getting help. So when they come, if it's family and they're coming at you saying, you're doing this, you're doing that. Why are you doing this? What is that about? And it seems like you're wasting your energy. That's a critic. That is not anything that's going to help you get to the next level. When they come with, I noticed this, I noticed that. Hey man, do this. Hey girl, do this. You know, whatever they say to you, if they're offering solutions as they present the problem, then that's someone that's offering offering correction that's going to get you correctly in the right alignment of what you're doing. Keep that in mind. Now, people people often belittle or berate what they do not understand. So be mindful of what you are saying to yourself first. Because oftentimes, parents in particular, right, we try to prevent some things that we walked out, some pain that we experienced. So what do we do? Oh, I'm not going to let you do this because this is what happened to me. But again, we've got to remember what did God call and create me to be, right? So even though mom, dad, you made the mistake of going this way, my calling is not necessarily your calling, right? So because of that, you have to allow me some room. Give me some guardrails. Give me some guidance. But don't restrict me to where I can't experience what God wants me to experience to get to that next level. That's so very important um, that we don't do that as parents. And as a grown person, if you will, being mindful that a lot of times it's just out of fear, Sometimes your family, they speak negative because they, they just don't understand and they're fearful of you're going to get hurt or they're fearful that it's going to cause you to perish or get into a rut. And so it's not necessarily that they don't support you. It's just they don't understand. And, be, and what people don't understand, they will be little, be right, or just try to navigate around, right? And so that that's going to happen. So this is where you have to have affirmations you say to yourself. Again, going back to what are you great at? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? What was the purpose of me even starting this, right? 
And so, for example, I have an affirmation. I say every time adversity comes, that's why I like using them. Affirmations are to be used when adversity comes or when you get to a certain level of something that maybe you don't feel fully prepared or equipped for, but you know you got to go. So say an affirmation to further just encourage you and further help you get, you know, comfortable to as, as best you can for that next level of what you're going into. So my affirmation that I say often is I am not what happens to me. I am who I choose to become because a lot of things have happened to me. A lot of things will continue to happen to me or um, in my life because of my sons that affect me. But I am not what happens to me. I am who I choose to become. That's it. That's all. So no matter what a person says, no matter the adversity, I'm not what happened to me. I'm not what I had to endure. I am who I choose to become. So I choose to take whatever the lesson was in that situation, whatever it was that that person said, and now I'm going to elevate from there. I'm going to take it, learn from it, and move forward. I'm not going to take it and say, oh, I guess that's what, what I am. I guess that's who I am. That goes back to when the critics come and you begin to conform. No, no, this is where the affirmation comes into play. Forgive and move forward as planned. Forgiveness is probably the hardest thing to do, especially when it's your family. We oftentimes hold on to past hurts um, and pain too long. And all it really does is prevent us from moving forward. It's a cliche statement that's said often, honestly, to the point where if I hear the same statement over and over again, it just begins to be really like, Ugh, okay, do you not have anything else to say? But I'm going to say it for the sake of it does make sense. And I want you to get it from this context. So when you don't forgive, and, and many of you, I'm sure have heard this statement where it's like drinking the poison, expecting the other person to die, right? Um, I hear that so often, like I said, it just works my nerves. And it's like, it's, it doesn't have the same weight because so many people use it. Here's what I want you to get from that. It is the sense of as you hold on to that hurt, as you hold on to what they did, what it does is it plays in your mind. It slows you down. It, it prevents you from doing the things you need to do. But guess what's happening with them? They're continuing to live. They go on and do whatever they're doing. It's not stopping them. Why? Because they said it, they released it, and it had no effect on them. They moved on. If you don't learn to forgive and forget and move forward, and, and, I oft, and I'll say this, forget, forgetting it is the difficult part. Because you're not going to forget it. And quite frankly, you can use it as fuel. So usually I say, if you're going to forget, you use it as fuel. And what I mean by that is you take what they said and you remember, okay, you said you didn't believe I was going to get there. I'm going to use it as fuel to prove you wrong, but not you. So, so what I mean by that is you're not focusing on them. You're just saying, I'm going to prove that statement wrong, not the person. Focus on the statement because then what it does when you see them again, it's just like, thank you. You know what came out of your mouth? I use that to get to this level. What you tried to do, I use that to get to this level. So I actually need to say thank you to you. And this is where forgiveness plays that part because that poison, nobody's dying, right? What they said, you helped and used it to take you to the next level. And they just said it and moved on with their life, whatever way that looked, looked like. But what it does is that, you know, people will find what's wrong versus what's right when they're afraid. They'll do that. And so these are things that I do to remind myself of how to forgive. That's one. People will find what's wrong versus what's right when they're afraid. And then I think of parents trying to prevent me from what happened to them happening to me. If it's a parent, right? Because life experiences and things that they, they've had happen. And sometimes the instruction they give is good instruction. It's wise counsel that you should take into consideration. How do you know? You have peace about it. Again, going back to correction versus criticism. When someone gives you instruction and they give you, here's the problem I see you're walking into. Here's my solution to it. That's a correction. 
when you just give me a problem and tell me what's all wrong, you don't offer a solution, that's a critic. So when you get instruction that offers a solution, take it. Because oftentimes it's going to help you avoid pitfalls, avoid detours, avoid delay, right? But know that it fits the life or fits the purpose that you're doing as well. Because it could could be good counsel, but not necessarily good for what you're doing, right? But you could hold it and maybe give it to someone else. Either way, it's not something that's going to uh, manifest in your spirit and have you all groggy and irritated and frustrated because somebody said something that took you off course. So remember that. And then remember why you're doing it. Going back to something I've been saying throughout this whole time, remember your why. Place that in the forefront when conflict comes. So when family comes with you with all the reasons why you shouldn't be opening that business, why you shouldn't be going out with that guy or girl, why you shouldn't uh, go to that new position, why you shouldn't uh, hang out with this certain type of individual, when you know why you're doing it, you know what it's going to do for the purpose, that the mission, the vision that you have, you know the why. Remember that when conflict comes, when adversity comes, because that's what's going to help you press past what's being said to you or done to you. And then see the final outcome and work back. So there is a principle called the Merlin principle. Merlin was a wizard, if you will, of the time. And so King Arthur, if you will, used Merlin to tell him, okay, what's going to happen next in the future? And then they worked backwards. What I'm saying is have the big picture. So for example, I'll say for me, I want this nation of ours to be recognized by an Emmy award winning platform, right? Because we're doing good work in the world. We're helping people change their lives and it gets recognized as such. And it allows us to do even more. It's not for the, for the, the glory of making my name great or making this platform's name great. It's about being able to do good work in the world. And so that type of recognition allows the respect to be able to elevate and do more for other people, right? And in saying that, so if I see this big Emmy and no ordinary church girl coming up as the one being awarded, how do I get there? So what happens before that happens? Well, I'm going to be preparing myself for whatever I need to say or the people I need to talk to. I'm going to make sure that I'm good to go. What's going to happen before that? Well, I'm probably going to keep doing what I'm doing right now and putting out great content and great uh, information for you all to take and implement and be able to elevate your lives. So you work from the big dream and then work down from there. So what should happen right after you get the, excuse me, before you get that Emmy, what should it look like before that? What looks like before that? What looks like before that? So you get to obvious, obviously the first step, right? But if you keep the, the big thing in mind, the big picture, and then work your way backwards, it just affords you to continue to act like what you expect to already happen. And, and again, it helps you to stay positive because you're seeing the big picture and you're just working backwards each step. What should my life look like? What should I be doing? Who should I be connected to? What places should I be going to? Right. Um, it just helps you to, to press forward. So, guys, it, it's tough. And I realize it's tough when you're dealing with family in particular that reject who you've chosen to become. But I do hope that what you have heard is um, is what you sense in your spirit, if you will, that you can implement, because that's the biggest thing that I want to drive home. And and that's what it's all about here at Knock Nation. You know, know that trials will come and oftentimes from those closest to you. But you must remember, it's not a matter of avoiding them. It is a matter of overcoming them. And how you do that determines how the things of God manifest in your life. My challenge to you today is begin to speak life over every adverse situation you're facing right now. And speaking life, what I'm saying is that you speak a positive thing. So if there's chaos going on in your home, before you walk into that home, you know, I see peace manifesting all through this place. 
I'm going to have a great night. I'm going to be able to sleep well. I'm going to have a conversation that is going to ignite me for the next day. You know, those are, those are things of speaking life. Speaking death is going to be, man, I don't feel like this today. I know as soon as I come in here, this, 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 this is going to happen. Guess what? This, this, and this, and this is going to happen. So speak the things you want to see, not the things you don't want to see. That's speaking life. Okay. And you know, beyond that, I want to challenge you to get around people who can help you stay in that space. You know, because when you speak life over every adverse situation you are facing right now, what you're doing is really turning the situation in your favor. Even if it doesn't turn immediately, you're strengthening yourself and you're helping yourself for when it does come again, because it will just at a different level, you'll be even more prepared. So tell your trouble that it's time is up. Okay. Tell your trouble it's time is up and you're going on to bigger and better because that's what life is all about. So family, uh, just remember the conversation doesn't have to end here. Share this message with a friend and dialogue about it. Okay. Also, don't forget to hit me up with your questions and or comments by dropping them in the DM. Like I said, the direct messages are coming through. So I'm excited to start talking about it. And you can do that on No Ordinary Church Girls Instagram. And I just might answer yours first on the next episode. So be sure to follow No Ordinary Church Girl on Instagram where additional inspiration and information as well as behind the scenes videos and pics can be found. So until next time, may your Monday be far from ordinary and your week manifest into God's best. Love you.